Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Your Manchester. Your Manchester is powered by TalkTalk's Future Fibre, which has now arrived here in Manchester. Future Fibre broadband is ultra-fast and ultra-reliable, and with speeds up to a whopping 900 megabits, it's fast enough to handle anything you can throw at it. Plus, you can connect over 75 devices at once, so bye-bye fighting over the Wi-Fi. As if it couldn't get any better, Future Fiber plans now come with an Amazon Aero mesh router, so you can get the latest in Wi-Fi 6 technology for free. To see if your postcode can get Future Fiber, search Talk Talk Future Fiber now. Show. Well, as you've already seen, we've got Johannes <laughs> from Strictly Come Dancing. We've got Amy Ansel all the way from The Apprentice. We've got Professor Ben Garrett, who's the Dino Man. And indeed, we've got these two here as well. You might recognise him from the weather. That's our ah, Paul Rudd. We'll talk to you in a minute about the weather. And we've also got from Coffee for Craig, a fabulous, fabulous charity. This is our Rishi, everybody. Next up on the show, we have got someone who has been around on our screens for the past, it's, it's four years now, if you don't count pandemic time. Uh, they're very well known, and you'll definitely recognise them. Please welcome Johannes Radibe. Hello. Hello, 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 everybody. I hope I didn't butcher your name in any way. I really do. Listen, I'm used to it, babes. <laughs> <laughs> People normally get mine wrong. It's fine. They go, Brandon, no, he's Irish. It must be Brandon. It has to be. And I'm like, it's definitely not. <laughs> no, you know the struggle then. Oh, I do. Oh, trust me, I do. Not once is ever spelt right. Trust me. Welcome to the show anyway. Thank you. Now, like I say, you have been known throughout our screens for the past three years. You've been on Strictly since 2019, which you, you've, you've definitely come up your way through uh, for a while. It's like, you know, you started off, you were, I think you went out, was it week six first? And then it was week five. Well, then we got to, to runner up this year, which was pretty incredible i know right no no the past four years has been absolutely incredible and Mm -hmm. life-changing the fact that i can now call the united kingdom home oh hallelujah i never ever thought that i would get here so it's absolutely been beautiful beautiful well obviously like you say you now call it your home you're originally from south africa what did that how did you get into dance? Like, how did that become a thing for you? Do you know what, darling? I stumbled across dance. Um, I went to the recreation hall one day because all my friends were going there. Um, and there was a couple that demonstrated what Borman Latin was to me. So for me, it was never about the dancing, darling. It honestly was about the sparkles they were wearing. I was like, I want to wear those clothes. Well, then they encouraged me to come, you know, every single day and learn. And they said, you can do it. And once, once that dance back bit, I think mom saw how happy I was doing it. So she encouraged it. And my aunt paid for everything <laughs> at the time. And I just, I just, I went to a dance competition and my life was forever changed. I've done nothing else ever since. It's, it's incredible. Obviously, in your own personal life, you're, you're an out and proud advocate for uh, people with gay rights and your sexuality and things like that. And then you became the first same, first male same-sex couple on Strictly. What did that mean to you? That was, that was absolutely beautiful. 
and are showing um, in a lot of ways, you know, if I'm being selfish about this, it has helped me heal my wounds um, because as you know, as a gay man, you walk around with a shame and you know that there's certain places in the world where you cannot be who you are because Absolutely. of your situation, you know? And when this opportunity came, I was a bit apprehensive at, in the beginning because I was like, the flag that's going to come with this, I'm just not here for it. I'll just be here doing my thing. But when I realized what's been happening to my community for all these years and continues till today, I was like, there needs to be, this would mean so much to so many people. Um, and yeah, I just built the courage too. And I was grateful that I had somebody who was courageous as well. Um, Absolutely. To this, yeah. No, it's fantastic. Like we say, you know, you got to run her upstage and for that kind of stance in TV for a lot of shows out there, you know, we see a lot of, we see more gay relationships in TV now than we did before, but to have a same sex couple that was male for the first time. And it was only the year before we got a female one to then get to runner up. It was, it was incredible for such a moment. Honestly, I'm well happy for you. Ah, thank you. I said, my darling, it's because I feel like my faith in, in humanity has been restored. Um, and it just shows how far we've come as people. It is incredible that what, what this country, how far, how progressive things are and where people are at. I know we've got a long way to go, um, but the truth of the matter is it's made, my partnership with John has made life better for other people. As this will not get into the talk of other shows, such as uh, Celebrate Your Master Chef, ones that uh, got into the fact that burritos weren't, uh, weren't cool enough for what that show was. <laughs> I, I agree with you. I, I think the burrito is top notch. Thank you. Thank you. Who doesn't love a bit of a burrito? And to Absolutely. A, 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 understand what I'm saying? I thought I nailed that. I agree. I 100% agree. Now, the reason you're actually here is not to talk about a burrito. You're here to talk to us about your new show, Freedom, that you're doing on the 6th of April at the Manchester Opera House. What exactly is Freedom? Freedom is... The, the freedom to do exactly what it is that I want to do. Um, dance to my music for the first time in my life. And while doing it, put on a pair of feathers and heels for an audience of people that know Johannes and that accepts one for who they are. I think it's going to be a beautiful thing because I'm surrounded by 10 beautiful, diverse dancers and two musicians on a beautiful set and the costumes are going to be out of this world. And just the choreography, the choreography that me and Jess has put together has been incredible. So I can't wait obviously to connect with my people through dance and just share the love. Absolutely. Well, I've seen the poster and it definitely looks like you're giving us the whole South African vibe with it. I mean, the poster is, it's giving me the Lion King straight off the bat. The bat. I mean, I'm assuming that's what you were going for. No, you know what? It's, 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 it's bigger than that. That outfit represents my, my, my hometown you know, the rural areas of South Africa and a Zulu boy becoming of age. So that is, uh, it, that's how we dress back home when we celebrate one. We put on our full attire, you know. In it's honor it's of a gorgeous attire, it really is. And you do stand out in it, if I do say so myself. Thank you.
It's, it's fantastic. So the show, like we say, it's on the 6th of April at the Opera House. How can people get tickets for it then? Well, go onto my Instagram or go online. The, the link would be johannesadeshlife.com. You will find all the details on there, but also on my social platforms. I've got the links at, uh, in my bio. Just click on them, people, and let's go out for an evening of a dance and celebration. Here's your roundup of what's on across Greater Manchester. Our very own Brandon was at opening night of Blood Brothers yesterday and loved it. Fans of Northwest legend Willie Russell can catch it until the 26th of February at the Palace Theatre. Into your fictional crime thrillers, Manchester Library's Crime Festival launched today in celebration of the very best crime writers from Manchester and the North. It includes panel discussions and a murder mystery night. Calling fans of Fleetwood Mac, this Saturday at Gorilla, Fleet Macwood, a remix project and party dedicated to the one of the greatest bands of our time, presents Wild Heart Disco for one night only. And Manchester's favourite Irish venue, O'Shea's, recently announced a two-week Irish festival in March, with celebrations, of course, kicking off on St. Patrick's Day. Your best book now, because there's not many tickets left. And remember, if you have an event you'd like us to mention, just drop us a line. Contact us at yourmcr.com. up on the show i've got someone who i'm nicknaming um ben the dino man because it's it's incredible uh, what he does please welcome dr ben garrod hi hello welcome to the show well thanks for having me on it's it's uh, fun to be here you have done a lot in your career uh you've worked with a lot of a lot of primates to be fair you've done different things like primates of the caribbean you've worked with the the great david attenborough that he is and but the first thing that I, I sort of want to ask you about, it's the question that nobody ever asks an adult anymore. What's your favourite dinosaur? Oh, see, that's, everyone asks this adult that question. It's really tough and it changes <laughs> on a regular... I'm just like that nerdy little child still that they, their favourite dinosaur changes on a weekly, hourly basis almost. I think at the moment it's probably Ankylosaurus, this heavily armoured, four-legged tank that used to walk around at the same time as T-Rex with this massive armoured tail with like a sledgehammer of bone at the end of it to take out the ankles of uh, any would-be predators. I think that's my favourite this week. I think my favourite will still be a Triceratops. I don't know why. I just think they look fantastic. Oh, wait, I'm just there. They're just so cheerful. I say that like we can see them on a daily basis, but they just always seem like to, they're just treading along, eating their leaves. Just, just don't interrupt their day. Like They're just having a great time. Now, you're here to talk to us about your new show. I always explain it as a combination between a really, really heavy, serious science lecture and the silliest, naughtiest, most playful pantomime you can imagine. And if you sort of mix the two somewhere in the middle, you're kind of there. So it's, it's the same science I would give to my undergraduate students for five to ten-year-olds. And it can be done in a fun, engaging, accessible way where we're shouting out and screaming quite often. And that's just the adults. Um, and it's quite <laughs> playful. We're, we're trying to uncover, quite literally, my ultimate prehistoric predator. But in order to do that, the kids and the adults have to help me um, answer a whole bunch of questions based on the content, based on what I'm asking them. Um, and we're going we're gonna to try and deconstruct 
a lot of what we know or inverted commas think we know about dinosaurs you just said that cute happy friendly triceratops they were aggressive mm -hmm. dominant horrible beasts that would have absolutely ripped to pieces a t-rex <laughs> Don't ruin my sweet triceratops. Today. These were big, scary, socially complex animals at times. So I think we're understanding more about dinosaurs than we've ever done before. Well, there's obviously the whole thing that um, we've discovered more recently that such things like that. A lot of dinosaurs had feathers. Like, I think that's incredibly interesting and something that we never expected that more of them have more detail to them than we previously expected from them. Can we expect to see things like that from the show? Oh my goodness, yes. Not only do we talk about the feathers, we talk about how we know they had feathers, how we know what colour and patterns these feathers were. And we do know for, for lots of the dinosaurs now what some were some were really lovely oily black, like a starling, some were wow. red and white patched. We even had some bright ginger ones with stripes running down their toes. No, not, not to be on typical topic of it. I just want to know, because you are technically the genius on all things dino, how close is Jurassic World and Jurassic Park to being a true thing? Are they close enough to what dinosaurs are actually like, or are they wrong? No. Um, if I wanted to watch a factually accurate franchise, I probably wouldn't watch Jurassic Park and the subsequent <laughs> films. However, they're really inspiring. They're really good fun. They're playful. They're nice. They're, there is some science in there, of course, like the social behaviours of some of the dinosaurs. What made you want to go from monkeys to dinos? Well, one of the things I talk about in the show is the relevance and the opportunities within science. Um, I'm a big ambassador for what we call STEM, so science, technology, engineering, maths and medicine. And unless you're a super nerdy kid, very often we don't think science is there for us. But what I try and get across as well is the bit of science there for everyone. And you haven't got to choose. It's like a buffet, where if you go to a mm -hmm. buffet and you pick the very first thing you eat and you only eat that the whole meal, you're kind of missing out on all the opportunities there. So I don't exclusively work with dinosaurs at all. I work with anything that's ever evolved so it can be monkeys it can be mammoths it can be dinosaurs it can be sea sponges um my area is evolution and i think that's really appealing for kids that you don't have to choose something when you're five or ten because science is so cool so i expect to later on we'll see dr bangard on the evolution of pokemon at some point i'm very excited for that show it'll be a very interesting one do you know it's really interesting you say that because i'm not a big pokemon fan sorry anyone who's a massive pokemon fan there but what Hurt i do the world, no. is i know they change and they evolve and they so basically what you're doing there by playing pokemon you're teaching evolutionary biology you're looking at really complex stuff that i teach my university students like phylogenies and taxonomy and the way we classify all these different things based on behavior based on anatomy you've got that in pokemon it's great and that kind it's of demonstrates that, yeah and it kind of demonstrates that science doesn't have to be boring or dull or, or whatever it can be you can have fun and learn at the same time and i think that's a big thing that we've missed or we kind of forget sometimes especially especially coming out of school i think we realize that it's, it's you learn or you have fun we can do both. absolutely so we've got your show coming out. So you think you know about dinosaurs. It's on on February 26th at the Waterside Arts Theatre. Where can people buy tickets? You can buy tickets from my website. So www.bengarrod.co.uk. And that's B-E-N-G-A-R-R-O-D. You can also buy them from the theatre website itself. Um, mm -hmm. And I'm just putting it all, all online on social media. So you, if you can't find these tickets, then then yeah, that's a, you're not a problem. If you Google so you think you know about dinosaurs tickets, you'll find them somehow.
it's two Brittany Neurosculpting performance coach for another minute of Mojo. Are you feeling a little bit flat or fed up with life at the moment? There's a theory called the gap and the gain. And so for many of us who feel like life is a bit pants at the moment, it could be that we're living in the gap, meaning we're focused on what we're missing or missing out on, the gap, rather than what we're blessed with, the gain. And so here is one simple thing that you can do to live life more in the gain, and it is to practice daily gratitude. Scientific studies have shown that people that practice daily gratitude live longer, healthier and happier lives. So what can you be grateful for each day? Perhaps it's as simple as my breath is breathing itself, or I have access to food and water and shelter. Try practicing daily gratitude and see how you can live life in the gain. I'll be back next time for another minute of mojo. In the meantime, you can come and connect with me for more daily motivation, inspiration, tips and advice to live a happier and healthy life over on my Instagram account, joebritton.mojo. Communicating, in fact. Well, there she we does. go, everybody. She communicates she does properly. Communicate with I us. love it. It's wonderful. Uh, she's telling us all about keeping your mojo. How's your mojo been this week? She'd ask. Oh, I've had a good mojo because actually it's been my birthday. Oh, I, I knew you'd get that. I had to. I've, no, it's been my birthday. I've had my mum over. It's, it's been pretty so nice. So do you feel different now you're 30? Excuse moi. 12. <laughs> <laughs> I like to think I still look it. I try to call myself a twink still, all right? Do you? Keep trying. Uh, right, we're moving on to our next guest, everybody. Uh, she's been here before, and uh, she's always one sensational guest that we like to have here because she's always drumming home a brilliant, brilliant point. So welcome, Risha, to our lovely, lovely studio. How are you? I'm good, I'm good. How's everything going, Coffee for Craig Wise? Really well, actually, yeah. Um, we're getting there. We, we're having new guests quite a lot, mm -hmm. which isn't, isn't so good. But, um, Perhaps let's explain to viewers that didn't see you the last time you were here exactly what Coffee for Craig is. So we work with people who are sleeping on the streets. We run the only seven night a week drop-in for people to come in. They get a really beautiful home-cooked meal. Mm -hmm. They get um, advice and signposting and they get a little bit of relaxation, a bit of banter from us yeah. and yeah. see how we can help them on their sort of next steps to recovery and coming off the streets. And you've moved to a nice facility now, haven't you? I went to see it a few months back inside. It's lovely. Tell everybody what facility you've got in there. It is. So we've got um, a kitchen. Yeah. Showers. We've got a lovely dining room. We've got a big, massive telly. We've got board games. We, we, we play chess and connect four. We've got a little bit of a chess tournament going on each oh. night. Oh. Yeah. It's all there. Nice. But you are looking at upgrading your kitchen, aren't you? We are. So when we got the building, it was just before lockdown in 2020. We went into lockdown and we had to sort of make do and mend what we could do. So we had to build this brand new kitchen. But unfortunately, we could only get a domestic kitchen. Oh. And our chef, Stuart, he's cooking 350 meals a, a week for people. 350 all... meals? Yeah, because we're open seven nights a week. And wow. Got, you know, lots of people coming in. So obviously the kitchen isn't sort of standing up to the pressure that it's yeah, got. We're yeah. on our, I think, six lot of ovens. So we've had six ovens and they're just about to go as well. So we needed to, um, 
fully sort of Because it's proper food that you serve proper there, isn't it? Yeah, all home cooked. Yeah, it's not you're buying in the bag stuff at all, is no, it? No, not at all. No, it's I good stuff. It stands out just how many people actually take part in coffee for cream to be oh, making yeah. 350 meals a week. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's incredible. So service requirements then is, is heightened. It certainly has. So all our kitchens falling apart, actually. If you go on our website, you'll see our very sad charity appeal for a brand new kitchen and you'll see exactly it's how bad our kitchen is. There we go, everybody. I don't know how that picks up. Let's dip it down a bit. There we go. So uh, you're lucky. Let me try and read backwards now. Our kitchen's on its last legs. Can you help continue to... Uh, Continue to offer a hot meal and safe space to some of the Manchester's most vulnerable. Text kitchen to 70480 to donate £2. I mean, that's a very professional. Is there a certain target that you're looking to to get to? So we're hoping to get, I think it's 20,000. Okay. So we're kind of a quarter of the way there. We've got lots of fundraisers. So sort of tune in to Coffee for Craig on Twitter, on Mm -hmm. Facebook, and keep an eye on our website. And we've got lots of sort of fantastic fundraisers coming. Um, I don't think the kitchen's ever been so important, has it? No. Do you know what? We've got lots of plans for the kitchen as well. So Stuart, he's... um, He's, he's a professional chef. He's doing his qualification for um, teaching people. So once we get an industrial kitchen and we get it sorted, what we want to do is invite a lot of our guests in to learn how to budget, learn how to cook, learn basic kitchen skills wow. so that they can, once, once they sort of move on into their own accommodation, they can learn how to cook for themselves, but also get those skills that you need to move on to jobs yeah. in the kitchen yeah. industry, hopefully. Yeah. So we've got lots of plans moving forward for people's recovery and moving on. But we need that kitchen desperately, so we're looking The to... story of Coffee with Craig is so important as well, though. Perhaps just tell everybody where it all originates from. So Craig was my brother. Um, I found out he was street homeless, and then I started to volunteer for Life Share. And then about three months into sort of finding out he was actually street homeless, I um, got a phone call from my sister saying that he died in a car park on his own of a heroin overdose which kind of my my whole world fell apart mm-hmm. myself and Hendrix my husband we we put a, a post onto Facebook saying if anyone sees someone sleeping on the streets give them a cup of coffee say it's from Craig and that was that was allegedly it yeah sort of eight years later nearly it's nine years this. yeah we've got a seven night a week drop-in we're working with Manchester's sort of most vulnerable people people sleeping on the streets we're providing a drop-in for him to come at a safe space seven nights a week, and we're sort of onwards and upwards. We've got our own building. The meanwhile, it's I know it's, it's good. Yeah. Well, no, it's you know, it's the, it's it's a lovely, lovely story, and it's a lovely, lovely place. But it's sad at the same time that yeah. we still need oh, these things. It's yeah. criminal when you think about it. In this day and age, why people are sleeping on the streets? We've got, you know, we've got buildings. We've got enough room for everyone to get a get a flat for themselves yeah. but and yet there are still people on the streets and it's yeah it's just not right we shouldn't no. we shouldn't be allowing this to happen really well, our next guest joins us right now, everybody. Now, you may have been catching up with her in the past six weeks on The Apprentice, everybody. But who knew her whole life before it, everybody? She's got so much to tell us. So please welcome to our show the one and only Amy Anzo. How are you? Welcome. Hi, Belinda. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here with you. 
It's fantastic. We've got to talk about The Apprentice this year. I, I really just wanted to talk about your, your beauty products and everything, but yeah. The Apprentice, did you enjoy it? You know what? I did enjoy it overall. I made some great friends. It was a great life experience. Perhaps it wasn't as I expected it to be. Obviously, I got fired in week six. And it just, I thought, oh my gosh, it's the BBC. It's going to be 95% business, 5% yeah. entertainment. And actually, I came out thinking, actually, it's 95% entertainment, 5% business. So I thought I could go on there, showcase my business acumen, show Lord Sugar what I can do. But not really. It doesn't really give you that opportunity. It's not anywhere. Any, it doesn't come close to real life business, in my opinion. So what happened? Why do you feel you were eliminated then? Honestly, I am still ruminating like seriously I think we all are they didn't show a lot for a reason and I'll tell you so I've been watching the show for 10 years religiously I could tell you who won in every season and when they were PM and I've always seen people be PM for the first time week seven um, week seven or even week eight at the latest even last season Dean was PM week seven for the first time and Lottie and Ryan Mark were PM for the first time week eight. His winner in uh, season seven, 2011, Tom Pellerou, he was PM for the first time week, uh, week eight, week eight. And then Mark Wright, also another winner, PM for the first time week seven. So I was thinking I'm showing him what I could do. I'm contributing significantly to every single task. I was sub team leader four out of six task, which I thought was a good thing. I was showing him my leadership by being sub team leader. They didn't show it's, much of that. Did you, did you see? Like they're just, they, they were trying to write my narrative, which was, um, I was dodging. I was shirking the PM role when actually I was showing my leadership skills and just waiting. Cause he also said, wait till there's synergy between you and the task. So I did put myself up as PM in week two when it was a children's electric toothbrush. I've manufactured sonic devices. I have a child. It was a perfect fit. But then sadly, there was a girl that actually has manufactured children's electric toothbrushes. So she was a better choice. And part of being a good business leader is recognizing when someone is better suited for a job than you. So all in all, I thought I'm playing this game right, aren't I? And then there was a tourism task in North Wales. And he thought I should put myself up for that. And then the beauty industry started calling my name and I veered off into that. And that's that's my background. So you say you veered off into the beauty industry. Tell us how you got involved in that. What what do you have in terms of the beauty industry? Belinda, I need to send you my products and I will. I need to get your address. Um, okay. So I used to sell the no-no on QVC. It's a hair removal device. And I recognize that people like the idea of the hair removal but they didn't like the idea of waiting to see results and some pain and the expense. So then I thought, wait a minute, everybody needs a dermaplaning tool in their life. So I couldn't find these types of tools anywhere in the UK at the time. This is 12 years ago. And then I thought, well, instead of going to the US, New York, schlepping them all back here, I'm going to start manufacturing them. And that's what I did. I started to manufacture them four years ago. And now we're the number one UK dermaplaning brand. It's, it's a, it looks really very, very good. I like it. Where can people get this then if they want to get hold of this? Our website, hollywoodbrowser.com, Amazon Boots, ASOS, Argos. Look fantastic and feel unique.
Bizarre. Uh, we've got to ask you uh, about, first of all, the nice cake that you've been displaying. And we've got to ask you, um, strange, but we've got to ask you about the comments that you made on Twitter as well. The word homo is being used. Explain yes. yourself around that, please. Okay, the homo comment. So after week three, all of a sudden, I just had so many more followers from the community. <laughs> it was very interesting. Perhaps I was a bit more sassy and I did some eye rolls and something about what I did resonated with the community. <laughs> yeah, so basically, I was really welcomed in by so many, so many more gay followers. It was amazing. I made a trip to Manchester. Um, where I have a lot of gay friends as well. And we went out to a gay bar and I was sitting there with my two gay friends, male friends, and um, we were just having fun. And there were so many people coming up and just showing me the love and wanting a photo and just having lovely chats. It was the best. I had the best time. So as a joke, we, we, you know, we were looking at my Twitter and people were posting the pictures. And as a joke, we just wrote, you know, we're both, we're all sitting there together and we're like, ha ha ha, mob by homos, ha ha ha. And, um, oh my God, like very divided response. So, you know, I felt bad that I offended certain people or I upset certain people. So I immediately took it down because the response was very divided, like I said. And so here I wrote this apology because if I upset people, of course, I want to apologize for that. It wasn't my intention. Well, that's it for today's show. Today's episode of Your Manchester has been powered by Talk Talk Future Fibre, the UK's fastest and most reliable broadband technology, which is now available here in Manchester. To see if your postcode can get Future Fibre, search Talk Talk Future Fibre right now. Mm-hmm.